Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Happy to be joined by Kyle Posey from Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Acne Packing Company, and Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. A little bit of a different show today, given the DeMar Hamlin situation. Obviously, there's a lot going on. Information is changing all the time. We'll give you a brief update what we know right now. And then we'll get into some coaching rumors. We'll take a break and then we'll get into the playoff matchups we want to see. Guys, I know it's a little weird to be doing a show, but we're going to try and address everything uh, justice with the sensitivity that we think it deserves. A hundred percent. I mean, that was a scary situation and you could tell by the reaction of the people on the field, right? I mean, if you just saw the shots of, you know, the thousand yard stare from Josh Allen and stuff like that, you would be able to tell something wasn't right. KP, I know you've coached high school ball before. Like you get first aid training, right? I mean, you get taught to do CPR. You get taught how to use the defibrillator and stuff like that. And at least with the, I I just remember when I was doing first aid training and stuff like that, when you, when they teach you how to use the defibrillator, you're like, I hope I never have to use this. And it's something I've, I've never seen CPR on the field before, not that I can remember uh, at the very least. And I've never, I'm pretty sure I've never seen a defibrillator. I know ambulances have come on the field before and stuff like that. But I think just like the, the beats of the injury, right, let kind of like the the players on the field know that like something wasn't right here. And imagine, I mean, we're we're sitting back watching the game. At least we have a Twitter feed that we could like refresh and stuff like that imagine just being there on the field and you're like oh crap he's not breathing he's getting cpr there's a defibrillator out like your mind can only go in so many places you know yeah so we get trained i mean every year you have to be recertified obviously to learn how to do everything like that you just mentioned like from first day but most of the time like at worst broken bones right like that's what we're dealing with like we had last spring ball we had a fire truck um come out because a kid broke his ankle but that that is like an extreme example so you can i'm glad you brought up the faces like there was some serious distraught like that is trauma that is probably going to stick with you for a long time i could not stand the fact that espn kept um, zooming in on their faces like we we get it like how else would you react like that is a natural reaction and made a ton of sense but i i am glad we got to see just like the human aspect of things. And we got to see people handle it the right way. We got to see players um, on social media say, why are we doing this? Why are we playing a game? It is a game. And I think people people kind of get that lost in the shuffle when we're talking about football. Like when, we're thinking, when we're thinking of Monday Night Football, you're thinking of um, fantasy. You're thinking of parlays. You're thinking of points and stuff. And the last thing you're, that comes to mind is um, the health of somebody. So I'm glad, you know, just in Damari's case – like you saw his his charity take off, right? Like that is a great thing. So I, I, it's obviously everybody hopes he's healthy, right? Like we want him to not who, who, if he never plays football again. Who cares? It's it's about him breathing, right? It's about him having um, a pulse. It's great that 
we're getting these updates, as you said, throughout the night that, hey, um, slowly but surely he's getting better. And then the next morning we got to see that. But oh, scary, scary sight. And again, they made the right decision. The players and the coaches made the right decision. Yes. I think that's what it came down to. And that that yep. was probably at the end of the day, that's what everybody wanted to happen. And that's what happened. Credit to Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott pulling the teams off the field, discussing it with one another and making the proper call. You mentioned some of the positive things we've seen. The latest update, again, as we record this Wednesday afternoon, uh, is that doctors saw promising signs of progress overnight. He's still hospitalized, of course, in critical condition. Uh, Hamlin's in the intensive care unit at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. He's still sedated, but doctors saw promising readings that they had hoped to see. Uh, and Hamlin's agent told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that Hamlin's oxygen levels have improved. Obviously, those are all good things, and hopefully the good news continues to uh, progress here as we move along. Uh, if you want more on this story and for everything going on with Tamar Hamlin, go to Buffalo Rumblings, our Buffalo Bills community here at SB Nation. I'm sure they will have everything, all the latest information for you. Uh, we're going to try and do our best to address some other things. I know it's a little weird and there's no way to transition. Uh, but again, if you want more on DeMar, there are places you can go and we highly suggest that you do that. Now, beyond that, let's move on to a little bit of coaching news because we do talk a fair amount of coaching on this show. The hot rumor right now in the coaching hotline, so to speak, is that Jim Harbaugh could potentially making a return to the NFL. Um Obviously, someone that you and I know well, Kyle, as he was 44 and 19, I believe, with the San Francisco 49ers. Your first reaction, KP, when you hear the news that if Jim Harbaugh gets an offer, according to The Athletic and other sources, he could be jumping ship. Least shocking thing in the world, right? Like When he left, he was always coming back to the NFL. Uh, probably shouldn't have left, but that's a topic for another podcast. Um, I love it. Like He's a great coach. What he was able, how many coaches beat Michigan or sorry, beat Ohio State at Michigan? Like what he was able to do just didn't happen. Th these last couple of seasons, that was probably the best that he was going to do at Michigan. And I'm sure he realizes that he's an NFL guy. Uh, I'm more fascinated to see, first of all, where he goes. Denver has been a, a team that he's been um, slotted to, Denver, Carolina, um, a few other teams. But why would he go to Denver if they don't have any picks? Um, does he really want to hitch his wagon to Russell Wilson, even if it's only for a season? If it, even if he has to go through the whole dead money situation, I'm not sure that that is a situation I'd want to go to. I actually love the idea of him going to Carolina, him going to a team that has an up and coming uh, group of talent. Yeah, I also want to see who he picks as offensive coordinator. People are convinced that it's going to be Greg Roman. I don't think that that's going to happen, honestly. I think he is a very smart person, and he realizes the NFL has evolved, and Greg Roman. Ain't in a it. shock to nobody, has not evolved over the last decade. So um, I, I don't know if that Pep Hamilton relationship is going to be a thing. Maybe he just goes outside the box. But I really want to see who he handpicks as his quarterback more so than ever. It, it makes sense to be a dual-threat guy. Will it be um, more of a pocket passer? Like, I know, you know, you, you think of the name Bryce Young. That might not be a pocket passer to most people. But Or is he going to take an up-and-coming project like um, – I don't want to call him a project, but – Anthony Richardson type of guy. So it can go a lot of different ways. Who Harbaugh attaches himself to a quarterback will, like most head coaches, uh, define his second stint. So that's that's really where I'm interested in. But my initial feel is it's great. Harbaugh belongs to the NFL. The NFL deserves Harbaugh. Harbaugh would instantly become a top 15 coach um, in the NFL. Justice, where do you think he goes? 
are you surprised? Maybe not that he came back to the NFL, but that that it quote unquote took so long for him to come back. Um, lots of questions. A lot of a lot of points I have on this thing. I I love the NFL coaching carousel. I don't know if you guys have. I mean, I've brought up uh, potential coaching searches and stuff like months ago and stuff like that. It's one of my favorite things in this sport. I think as far as as long it, it took him as long to get back, I would say it's not surprising. Um, from everything I had heard, he bombed the interview with Minnesota. Basically, walked in there, thought he had the job, and they were like, "Well, that wasn't impressive," and kind of <laughs> told him to mosey along. Um, so I mean, maybe he comes in with more pep and and more preparation and stuff. But literally, pep. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you bring that up. So the other thing, the offensive coordinator, my buddy Sam Schwartzstein, um, he was the center for for those Stanford teams. He was Andrew Luck center at Stanford. And um, we work together at the XFL. Um, he works at uh, uh, Amazon prime. He does the, the TNF stuff now um, for their next gen stats. He told me they legit had three play callers on that Stanford team. And they would, they would have a run game guy, uh, a pass game guy. And then I can't remember who the other guy was. It was like situational football, but Harbaugh would basically be like, Hey, each of you, like, give me your favorite play call. And then, and then he would like debate on the headset which one to call in, and then send it in to Sam and Andrew Luck last second. They're reading off fifteen word uh, yep. play calls. He did the same thing in San Francisco. <laughs> I was gonna say, does that sound familiar, Rob? They That's always crazy. had to burn timeouts. I, yep. It was it was so frustrating. Debating Justice, on he had a red calls. zone guy. Um, he had a red zone guy, a twenty twenties guy, and what was the, <laughs> uh, there was a I forgot what the other one was, but. This is this must be something that he's just always done or always felt comfortable doing. Because that's not something that's super odd from a game planning standpoint. Like the Packers have talked about that too, where like Hackett, offensive coordinator, he wasn't a play caller, but like what he did was he did like the red zone offense. And then you would have like the running backs coach and the offensive line coach would do like short yardage and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But to actually debate it on a headset is <laughs> while the play that, clock is ticking for down. Seconds, yeah. Yeah. That that's something I I was pretty astonished by. So I, I, I think the offensive coordinator thing um is definitely something to watch. The the one thing though that's okay, so Denver the the obvious thing with Denver is the Connelisa Rice connection, right? She's helping out with the search, she helped out with the Stanford search, she's from Stanford, all that stuff probably matters in terms of like getting you in the door right um but you said like the russell wilson thing do we think carolina is going to be able to get a quarterback better than russell wilson i know russ hasn't had a great year but i'm not willing to just throw rush russ into a trash can at this point i agree and don't forget jim harbaugh took over the 49ers in 2011 during a lockout when he could not have any contact with the team and immediately took them from six and 10 to 13 and three with Alex Smith, a quarterback who nobody wanted, who everybody thought was never going to be anything in the NFL. And he turned around Alex Smith and that 49er team. So I'm not convinced that Denver is out of the question because of Russ. I could see him going there being like, you know, much like San Francisco, like the defensive pieces are in place. Let's take Russ. Cause, cause if we know one thing, Harbaugh's not going to get pushed around by Russell Wilson. So I, He's I not going to get pushed around by anyone, right? So That's I wouldn't if, be shocked. If you're a GM for either one of those teams, it's it's bad news coming. Yes, the fact that you signed him as the head coach, like that means 
you are one of the weakest. The, the day one, you're either in a political battle with Jim Harbaugh or you just accept the fact that you are one of the least powerful general managers in the sport. Well, the Broncos are kind of setting that up, right? With George Payton, like the new coach is going to report he, directly he to really the owner. Expected too, which is, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a whole other thing on its own. I mean, he wasn't the owner's hire either, right? I mean, you have to go through that whole whole situation where it's like, ah, all these decisions were made right before we sold the team, which never really made sense to me. But, I mean, maybe adding in Russell Wilson helped your valuation and stuff like that. I think he goes to Denver. I would rather take the Carolina job. The Carolina's a better job, especially in a weaker division. But I think he... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think he's attracted to Russell Wilson rather than, I don't know what the Panthers are going to do. You imagine Jim Harbaugh and Russell Wilson meeting each other for the first time? They got to be like two dogs who have never met each other before, just like <laughs> sizing each other up. You know, it's got to be a weird interaction. Each other, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I I think that is he the most attractive get out there, or would you rather have Sean Payton? I think I mean those two, and then D'Amico. <laughs> That's like the list, right? Of of potential hires. I mean, I can't even think Jinx, of anyone uh, else. The Philly OC. Seems like be a hot commodity. All right. Okay. I'm just throwing the name out. I, I don't put him on the same level. <laughs> as the, I'm just saying that's a hot name. That's um, fair. Kafka gets me more excited. Everyone says Kafka is a genius. Everyone who works with Kafka says he's he's the next one. I would agree with that. All right. Let's take a quick break. And, Bull, before we do that, I should remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into some playoff matchups we want to see. The playoff matchups we want to see the most. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, gentlemen, we still have week 18 to get through, which as of right now is scheduled to be to go on. And and that's all we know. So we're going to assume that those games are going to get played. We don't know specifically what will happen with Buffalo and Cincinnati, um, but we still have a general idea of who's going to be in the playoffs. So I'll start with you, Kyle. What is the playoff matchup you most want to see? Oh, man. I feel like it's easier to say the teams that I don't want to see and the teams who I don't want to see play. In the first round, I mean, oof. Like, do to, we? what were you going to say? To me, it's all about the bottom teams that get in. You want the right. bottom teams to be interesting, right? Like, I don't want to see the commanders as the bottom seed, even as a fan of a team of a high seed. Like, the, the Lions are so much more interesting than the Commanders, you know? So you need the bottom teams to at least be interesting. So I was leaning Lions and 49ers just because they have an offense. Don't care what Justice is saying right now. They have an offense. They have a team, just as we saw the Raiders, attack them vertically. Uh, they How you beat the 49ers is by attacking them vertically. Of course, that would mean Jared Goff would have to put on his playoff performance or playoff face and pretend to be good in the playoffs, which has not <laughs> has not been something that's happened. And the way that the weather's shaking out, he might have to do it in some rain in Santa Clara, which is another thing that might be an issue for him. So that might take um, you know a little bit off there. But just going to the other side of the ball in the AFC, it has to be the Dolphins, right? First of all, though, at the same time, do we know if we're going to see Tua anytime soon? Uh, by the way that Mike McDaniel's speaking, it doesn't sound like it. He doesn't know if he'd be a part of their plans this week. Um, 
I don't know if that would change in another week from now. So I'm just thinking of high-flying offenses, high-powered offenses that have no issue scoring, and that would be both the Lions and the Dolphins. But still, um, I mean, playoff football is about running the ball and stopping the run, and neither of those teams <laughs> can do that very well at all. So I, I uh, it goes against a lot of what I stand for, but I, it, it probably would be the Lions and 49ers, and, and then maybe on the other side, the Dolphins and the Bengals and the first one to score 40 wins. Justice? Uh, speaking of weather, do you know where uh, Jared Goff is playing on Sunday? <laughs> yep. Yeah, the balmy, the balmy culture, yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin in January, dude. All right, one, we're gonna beat the Lions, not even a question. Two, well, hold on, hold on, because you've been telling us how bad the Packers are. He flips, he, don't be surprised by this now. at all. Do we not can, be surprised. Four points now. So, what is the big change there? Christian Watson, Christian Watson, yeah, <laughs> Christian, Christian Watson can get open. Yeah. I mean, that that really is it. The last time the Packers played the Lions was week nine. Up to that point in the season, the Packers hadn't scored 28 points in a single game. Wow. Since then, they're averaging 28 points a game. I think yeah. north of that now since since the Vikings game. So. Aaron Rodgers is Terrell Heineke without Christian Watson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see you throw to Alan Lazard. You see no argument there. All right. All right. I want to see Green Bay against Minnesota. Have you guys seen the Minnesota fans? I don't want to see that. Yes. A hundred percent. I would love to beat them twice in three weeks and politely bow out of the playoffs. That is the dream. A hundred percent. Why? What it like? They've been so annoying this year. It's personal. Yeah. These close games. They think they're good. Kirk is still Kirk. He threw us three balls. Justin Jefferson got clamped up. They're making super cuts of Vikings players slipping and slipping. sliding, falling down the field. The Packers were doing it totally fine. Arif Hassan, our buddy, wrote an article about how the uh, the equipment staff was telling the Vikings players, you need to wear these shoes. They were like, no, we're just going to wear our normal cleats. And they're slipping inside and acting like it came out of nowhere. It's absurd. This, mind you, all these complaining Vikings fans, this soft dome team just <laughs> held a whiteout and pumped in fake snow into their stadium one week ago. There was soap coming off of the ceiling. It was can like I, a rave. It was a bubble party rave. Can I just say that Jair Alexander shutting down Justin Jefferson is one of the most impressive things I've seen because it wasn't just like he was like, I'm going to try really hard and try my best. And, you know, God willing, I'll, I'll limit Justin. He was like, I'm going to lock him up. Last time was a fluke. He was on Justin Jefferson all game, shoving him in the back during plays where they weren't even really involved. He absolutely said he was going to do it, clamped him down, chirped at him the whole game. And then afterwards, let everybody know that's incredible to me. That is not getting nearly enough love. Yeah, he, he was awesome in that game. Um, the gritty, probably yes. one of the best moments <laughs> of the season for the Packers. I mean, they, I think they got on top of the three interceptions. I think they got 10 PBUs in that game. Ooh. I mean, they were all over the ball in that. So I KP, why don't you think I want this matchup? Um, I mean, it, it just sounds so personal. So I guess I, it makes sense now if they, those two teams play again, what are the odds that the Packers get out to a big lead like that? So you can't take advantage or Minnesota can't take advantage of Dalvin cook. And what are the odds that Justin Jefferson does that again? Like that, 
they're not in your favor, and you have to know this. I understand that playoff Kirk under pressure is probably going to crumble. Going into that game, right? Three and a half points. Lowest yeah. bar. The Vikings ever. are frauds. That's not saying the Vikings anything. are frauds. We've been saying that for eight weeks, Justin. Look, run Dalvin Cook that. behind your third string center right into that brick wall. I don't care. <laughs> Has anyone found Zadarius, by the way? Zadarius oh, is missing. We can't find him. We're looking. We have no. a clip of you last week saying that he's playing very good ball. What are he you was doing right now? Until, until Sunday. And now we can't find wow. him. I don't know where he's at. I've never this seen is him insane. This. Dude. The- I want that to happen, Rob, because I will put my Christmas money on the Vikings <laughs> and they will win. I want to beat them twice in three weeks and politely bow out of the playoffs. Also, people keep like Vikings fans. The other thing now is they keep poking at Packers fans and being like, well, congratulations on like controlling the seven seed. Now you're going to lose to the Niners again. Am I supposed to? Uh, you guys are Niners fans. Am I really supposed to be afraid of Brock Purdy in the playoffs? Yes. Are we doing he's just should be Warner now? You he's should be afraid Warner. of this team. Jesus. Dude, we beat you with Colin Kaepernick. We beat you with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it ain't the quarterback. Well, one time with Kaepernick. Those it was guys the are better than I was Brock Purdy. Say it, Rob. Actually, yes, it was. Those guys yeah. are second round picks. Brock Purdy's a rookie final pick of the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, well, he doesn't have to be better than Aaron Rodgers. He has to be better than the Packers defense. And Aaron Rodgers, we've seen on his home field, could only score one offensive touchdown against the 49ers, and their defense is better this year. Justice well, Purdy, threw, Purdy threw for 240 yards in the second half off slants and screens, man. Not, <laughs> it is not Purdy. You have just, to worry about Christian McCaffrey in the open field. You have to worry about Debo Health. You have to worry about... Um, Brandon Ayuk running two routes. Or we'll just pass it eight times again and run all over you. How about that? Oh, man. Well, You're telling me you're not afraid of the 49ers in the playoffs? A team that has I'm afraid of that defense. Yeah, I'm afraid of that defense. But, like, Brock Purdy's still under center. Do you know who your play caller is? Brock Purdy's under center? I know know who Kyle Shanahan is. Do you remember the last time that they played in Levi Stadium when Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball, what, like eight times? It's yeah, he doesn't was, the quarterback doesn't have to do anything. It's Joe Barry versus Kyle Shanahan. Listen to yourself right, right now. Right. You're gonna be putting time out. Brock Purdy versus Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is insane. You told me all year the Packers stink. The He's, 49ers have won nine straight no games, but now, possibly ten straight going into the playoffs, <laughs> and you're telling me that we should be afraid of you. He's so ridiculous, man. All right, back back to the point. Just Vikings. <laughs> back to the Vikings. I'm just not scared. I'm just not scared of Purdy. I'm just not scared. I'm not. I'm not scared of him. As far as the a- the AFC, man, I kind of feel like Jags Chargers would be fun. The Chargers the, are are coming on strong at the end the of the year. Five, yeah, I mean, well, both of those quarterbacks are like Trevor's going to give somebody well. hell in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about points. That's the points game to me is ja- Jags Chargers, where it's just like those guys could make some highlight throws. It's going to be the kind of thing with Trevor Lawrence where, like, he plays really well, the Jags lose, and then next year they're going to be the team that everyone's going to point to, like, that that gets pumped up. They're going to say he got his playoff experience last year, and then the expectations for Trevor, I feel like, are going to go back up through the roof after a down rookie year. And then Acho will call him a social media quarterback or something like that. He doesn't want to ring it. Well, we kind of did that to – yeah. Poor, uh, poor Justin Herbert. Got a lot of hate in the middle of the year. <laughs> Not hearing so much of it now, though, are we? It's real quiet. They're hmm. hiding out with Zadarius. 
Are you going to just turn every comment into a way to pump up the Packers because they beat the team that, in your words, is a giant fraud? This is not about my love for the Packers. This is about my hate for the Vikings. I did not realize that you had, like, a hatred. I thought you were, like, a a fairly objective guy here. I thought thought we were big brother, too, but then they got loud. And I don't like them being loud. (laughs) What about the Seahawks? What are we thinking of how interesting is the matchup the Seahawks right now they have to play the 49ers but even if it flipped around are we intrigued by the Seahawks or is it kind of thing where they started off hot and now teams have kind of caught up and they are just kind of more of a middling bottom of the NFC type of team So obviously the game that they played I think it was the Chiefs they played without Tyler Lockett they like he makes a world of difference for their offense when Tyler Lockett is on the field they are legitimately one of the better um, offenses in the NFL. They still struggle on defense. They they can't get stops. They can't get off the field. That is an issue. But I think matchup-wise, just speaking of the 49ers, they have two athletic cornerbacks, so you have to be good on the perimeter. And, I mean, I don't want to say their rookie OTs are great by any stretch, but they're, they're competitive, and that matters as well. So Geno can make the throws down the field. Geno can attack you on the numbers, on the seams. And – that is where you beat these top defenses, right? You have to be able to push the ball down the field. So they, they match up well in that sense, but it goes back to what I said earlier. If they can't stop the run to save their lives, they might be able to get that running game going there. Kenny Dub, Kenny Walker's been playing well, and he has that explosiveness. So that is, that is an interesting team, but the familiarity would make it so, so difficult against the 49ers. And again, you're just hoping on, remember that Thursday night, if Quandre Diggs catches that pass uh, two minutes to go in the second quarter, we could be talking about a whole new ball game. So yep. you're hoping to, you're hoping that Purdy does make a mistake, but even if he does, we've seen him make a mistake and the 49ers still be able to overcome that. So I, I just think in that case, Seattle would, Seattle would go up against a tough matchup. Justice, what do you think? Um, and maybe not just Seattle versus 49ers, but uh, Seattle just in the playoffs in general. I, I picked Gino. What was it last week? I picked Gino and the Seahawks last week when we were talking about narratives and stuff like that. And you guys laughed me off. I guess the way I framed it was and all they like contract point. based. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> as far as far as I think, I mean it's all relative, right? Like I think any of the teams in the running for the seventh seed are more interesting than the Giants. I think they have yes. a better chance, even though they're going to be going against a better team probably in the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like they have a better chance of pulling an upset or like going on like a little mini run or something like that than the Giants do. I just really don't think the Giants are that good of a team. I did see there was some weird takeout there floating around. I can't remember who it was, so I can't attribute it. But like people were saying Daniel Jones should be considered for, for league MVP. Oh, you guys see that one? What? Really? Yeah. Oh, was someone... that from Mrs. Jones? Right. <laughs> Shout out Big Blue Jones View. Maybe it was and me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think the the whole thing was like it was all just like relative to the roster, but like that's that's not how this thing works. That's also, no. Also, it's still Mahomes. <laughs> like, yeah, I would agree with that. Do the Giants uh, have a chance against the Vikings? I think against the Vikings. I don't think against anyone else because the Vikings are frauds. <laughs> Layup. Yeah. Man. 
just yeah, you put it right on the tee for him. In the AFC, the Ravens are really unattractive to me. Like, I don't want to see the Ravens play anybody. They're so boring to watch on offense. Do we think Lamar is coming back, or is this just going right. to be Huntley and whatever? I'm Lamar. I'm good on this on this team. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about where I'm playing next year. I yeah, I'm with you on the Ravens. I I don't know what they do well offensively. Um, I mean, people are it. You can't really talk down on Tyler Huntley. He's a backup quarterback, and he's he's in an offense yeah. where we kind of see what Lamar has to deal with now, right? Like everything is on the quarterback's plate, and if you're not essentially playing hero ball, superhero ball, even that Greg Roman just makes it very difficult on you. And they don't really have the weapons. I mean, they're running through their offense through um, 12 or like a a pair of tight ends. So it's, there aren't, there's no explosive players. Like their running game doesn't really have the same type of creativity as they used to. So it's the Ravens leave a lot to be desired. And even defensively, they had, they've gotten a lot better over the second half of the season, but when you're constantly faced with, if you don't get a stop here, what am I, what's the offense going to do? So that, that's the worst mindset to have. And I, I just don't see them. Um, I don't know who they would be in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo and um, Cincinnati, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen um, with, you know, the seating and stuff like that. But either one of them, like Baltimore's just not going to be able to put up enough points to keep up with those teams. Right. There's no way. I don't see how. Especially, like, even if Lamar does come back, like, is he going to come back hobbled? Right? Like, if he's not 100%, like, I don't know. It They're they're not very interesting to me. I think the AFC in general is pretty healthy. If Miami gets in that seven seed, I think all those teams are fun outside of Baltimore, basically. Um, but, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, we've seen weirder stuff. I, I just Miami don't trust is, this Ravens team right now at all. Yeah, Miami has to get in. I can't watch the Patriots or the Steelers with Kenny Pickett, even if he did look a little better the other night. Like, no, Miami. Matt, Matt Jones up. versus Josh Allen. Like, what the hell are you going to do, dude? wonder what's going to happen. going to bomb yeah. you out. We've seen that before. Josh yeah. went absolutely ham and just maybe played like the perfect game I think I've ever seen a quarterback play last year. Uh, yeah, the AFC is okay, but... Yeah, I, I can't watch the Patriots. And when we get to the playoffs, like you just don't want to see these like grind it out, beat you twenty to seventeen. I want to see dudes that can chuck it all over the place and be fun. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't. That's gonna do it for this edition of the show. Again, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. Everything that we are doing, leave us a five star review. I promise you, we will read it on the show. And again. One more time, if you want any DeMar Hamlin updates, go to buffalorumblings.com. That's our Bills community here at SB Nation. They will have everything you need to know. For Kyle Posey, Justice Mosqueda, and Steven Serta, I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera. We'll talk to you next week.